Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You've heard the combinations. Benifer, Brangelina, J-Rod, the complete merging of two people into one entity. And that's one of the biggest challenges of marriage, holding on to who you are as an individual and becoming part of a couple. It isn't about being absorbed by the marriage blob, and it isn't a question of remaining independent or becoming dependent. It's about learning how to be interdependent. Two individuals working together to build something bigger than either, but that also honors who you each are. Easy, right? Well, not so much. Navigating this dynamic is about balancing love and fear. Love for your partner, for yourself, for the relationship, and fear that it will all end if you don't do enough. So a lot of people go all in on their partner or the marriage and forget about themselves. And quite frankly, this is a recipe for disaster. So how can you find this balance? Well, the first step is not to lose yourself in the process. Dating coach, author, and podcaster, Joshua Segafis is here to talk to you about how to do just that. So Joshua, thanks so much for being on the show and talking about what is a really challenging issue. Yes. Thank you, Leslie. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you um, reaching out to me and uh, basically asking me if I would be interested in doing this. I'm always interested in furthering the cause of trying to help humans have better relationships. So it is a pleasure. Well, thanks. And so what caught my eye is you wrote a piece titled Seven Answers, How to Find Yourself Again After Being Lost. And when I read this, I was just like, oh, I've got to talk to this guy. <laughs> so you know, we, we all get lost in various things, you know, heartbreak. Even, you know, even when things are going well, we can get lost in the relationship. Um, and so you, you say that you, you need to come back to the basics. So what exactly is the starting point of finding yourself and how do you do that? Yeah. So Leslie, you, you hit the nail on the head. We can lose ourselves in many different ways and it can happen in a wide variety of contexts. And, and so, and that's part of the confusing thing is sometimes you don't even realize you're lost. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the, in the article I went through and I, I kind of talked about the different ways to know that you are lost, but where it starts, like the solution is and I talk about this all the time, it comes down to the mindset, what I call the alpha mindset, but basically it's an attitude of being intentional and proactive, right? So it's like, okay, I'm realizing things are not working, right? Like maybe mm -hmm. I'm feeling sad. Maybe I don't know myself anymore. Maybe um, I'm not proud of who I am now, or I've lost confidence. You know, it can come in many different forms, but then at the, but the beginning of the process of, of, basically finding yourself again, comes down to making that decision to say, you know what, I'm going to take action. I'm not just going to sit around and just feel, you know, bad about it. Let it, you know, steamroll over me. And that's really the very beginning. And a lot, and a lot of people, um, they have trouble making that choice. And part of it is because they're not sure if there's any hope, right? And that's a big part of what I do. And I write a lot about that, the, the mm -hmm. importance of having hope and that you can fix it. 
Well, you know, and that's, you, it's funny that you mentioned that because, because um, I deal with this all the time. And, and one of my mentors, his name is, is uh, Bill Doherty, and he's a professor of marriage and family therapy at the University of Minnesota. And, you know, he was talking, you know, he's worked with couples for years and, and he's developed this program. And he's talked about this idea of, you know, we get this idea that it either has to stay at it as it is, or we have to end it, that there isn't anything that we can do. But, but in reality, there's so much we can do to make things better. Now, there's certain circumstances where, yeah, you got to get out. I'm sorry, it's not going to work. But, it, but in most cases, you know, relationships can be improved, but because we're stuck in our own heads, we can only do what we know or the opposite of what we know, right? It's either this or 180 degrees opposite. We lose that hope. We don't understand. And I think this is where a lot of your writings and, and what you talk about is so helpful because you're giving people that sense of, oh, there is action you could take. And yeah, we don't want to just take random action <laughs> because <Yeah>. that's, that's <laughs> not going to help. Um, no. So, so what kind of, so when you talk about people being proactive, which I love that um, idea, but what does that actually look like in practice? How, how can somebody be proactive, say, about finding who, find, figuring out who they are? Yeah. So when it comes to, when it comes to feeling lost, you know, now in the context of a relationship, this happens a lot. This can happen um, in long relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be going along and you change as a person, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be the same person forever and neither, it, neither is your partner. Right. Um, it can also happen when a relationship ends. It's very common. In fact, if you don't lose yourself a little bit when you're, when a long-term relationship ends, I would think like, you know, that's very unusual. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so likely to happen. So it's like, the first thing is, you know, thinking to yourself, okay, you know, I'm not feeling so good about this. Um, maybe I'm, you know, and th there's a list of, there's a list of things I put in the article, basically, um, you know, you've lost sight of your path in life. You've lost touch with your value system. Um, the standards of philosophies that once held you upright have maybe failed you or given out, you know, there's all these different things you've stopped trusting yourself, you know, feeling lost can feel like a lot of different things and it can okay. take many different forms. But then of course, so when we start to identify that, it's like, okay, it's time to take action. And what does being proactive look like in that? Well, first of all, and this is one of the very first things I talk about in the article. And this is what I found to be true in my journey is that um, often we're tempted to try to find who we used to be. We're mm. tempted to try to, Oh, I want to backtrack. I want to get back <laughs> to the happy place I was in, but not only is that not really possible, it's, I'm not saying it's not possible to be happy, but to right. go back to the same place we were before, not only is that not possible, but you don't even really want it because one thing that being lost is an indicator of is that you are changing as a person in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And, and this is important. We have to, we have to change to evolve and to become better. And I like to look at it. So the very first step in far, as far as being proactive is you have to look at it as an opportunity to grow and be better, right? Okay. Rather than letting it knock you down, make you more negative, make you pessimistic. It's important to think of it as an opportunity to say, okay, you know, things are changing. I'm changing. Um, right now, I've kind of lost my way, but this is a symptom of the fact that I'm evolving as a person and that I can come out on the other end of this being much better, much stronger, having much more clarity than I even had before. And to be honest, 
your journey is probably going to get better if you go through this process, you know, authentically and you put Mm -hmm. the work in and you continue to work on yourself and you stick to the basics. Right. And there's a lot to the basics, but, but that's the basics of that question is what does that proactivity look like is the first part of it. Okay. So I, I think this is going to tie into the, but what is it that, what do you say to people when somebody says, I don't know who I am? And, and by the way, this is not, you know, this is a very common thing to happen to a lot of women. I, I, can, I can't, I mean, I do think it happens to men as well, but we get caught up in these other roles of, you know, I'm somebody's wife, I'm somebody's mother. I mean, it's like, no, you're also your own person. And so what do you say when somebody says, I don't know who I am? Yeah, that's such a good question. See, all these roles that we play, well, we, we do play many roles in life, but if we're not careful, mm-hmm. we fall into what I call the beta mentality, right? Which is a reactionary um, a reactionary program or way of being, right? So a lot of the times we have to be careful because many of the things we use to describe ourselves, we didn't give ourselves those things. Other people gave those things to right, us, right? Okay. So for example, like you might think your identity is, you know, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a nurse or mm-hmm. I'm a lawyer or, you know, I install heating and air, but it's like, is that really your identity or is that just your job? Right. And here's the difference. And I think it's best, it's best summarized in a quote that I heard one time. And this is very profound to me. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Richard Dawkins. Uh-huh. Um, I was watching a video about Richard Dawkins. This was a long time ago. And I don't even remember what the video was. He used to do these series of interviews. And he was talking to somebody about destiny one time, right? And he made this comment. He says, the universe, or no, it wasn't destiny. It was purpose. He says, the universe does not owe you a purpose, but you can create one for yourself, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so now I, I think that that was very profound in terms of purpose, but I also believe the same thing about identity. We, we, it's in our best interest to create an identity intentionally for ourselves. Who do I want to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when we th- when we feel lost and we're not sure who we are, who we really are, what this is, is it's a lack of clarity, right. About who we want to be. This is, this is how I, this is, this is what I discovered in my journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and partly, and this is so natural. This is, this, in fact, this is the default state for humans. It takes extra effort to create an identity for ourselves, right? So until we take that step, we're going to be stuck in that limbo of not having an identity. That's okay. pretty normal. Now, uh, and, and this is, I'm going to try to make this you know, pretty simple, but um, what this leads to is living with what I call a validational deficit. Okay. So it's like, if our identity is tied up in how other people are viewing us rather than self-created, then what we're doing is we're actually, um, we're kind of supporting a persona, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This is pretty natural, but it's not really good for us. And it's because we can't control it. And so we have to do what I call taking back your power from the chaos, right? So, which is, you know, when other people can dictate how you feel about yourself, this gives away all of your power, right? Mm-hmm. And so to take that power back into yourself, what do you do? Well, you create your identity intentionally for yourself. And this can take a lot of soul searching and questions and work, you know, to figure mm-hmm. out who you want to be. But the great news is that you have the power to decide who you want to be. You, you, you can be whoever you want to be as long as you're willing to, to do that work and to ask the hard questions and to, to, to have the follow through, you know, and, and so I think that in short, and that's kind of maybe a, a oversimplification, but that's really the answer. 
I believe that that's the core answer. Well, yeah, because you know, for me, and, and I, I don't like the term balance because it implies you can get all of these things in some, mm-hmm. you know, easily explained kind of thing. But it's, I, you know, I, I like it, liken it to more like you're riding a bicycle and you're trying to stay upright, so you're having to, you know, shift your weight and shift your focus and all of these kinds of things, because it's so easy to get caught up in what other people want want us to be doing. Um, I, I was just telling this story last night. I don't, don't I don't know who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody last night. And you know, my husband used to point out all of the women in the neighborhood who mowed the lawn. And I just looked at him and going, and your point would be what? Because I don't care if every woman on the planet mows the lawn, this woman ain't doing it because I'm terrified of lawnmowers. But <laughs> yeah, so but so it's like so you know it's this idea of well all women or all men or all mothers or all you know, husbands should be doing this, and it's like but that just assumes that we're all carbon copies of each other, and you know what a what a horrible boring place it would be the world would be if we were all alike. <laughs> Might, might make life a little simpler, but it would certainly make it duller. You know, mm-hmm. And so it's this idea of, of figuring out that it's okay not, you know, not to do the shoulds. I, I always tell people, if I could eliminate one word from the English language, should would be it. Because, uh, yeah, yeah. because it's mm-hmm. telling you that, you know, that, of, you know that, this is, that this is the only path for you. And, you know, and it is difficult to shake that off. Yeah, it's very difficult and it's counterintuitive. It's even counterintuitive instinctually because, you know, we have an instinctual drive to want to please people and mm-hmm. it's a survival mechanism, right? Sure. Um, and, uh, and a great thing about living in the modern day is that oftentimes having people displeased with us <laughs> isn't a matter of life and death anymore. Like <laughs> it used true. to be maybe, you know, mm-hmm. millions of years ago, it was much different, but we still have the same software. So it yes. still feels just as scary. But it's just that self-awareness, which is not easy, but yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you point that out because I say that all the time. It's like once our, once our fear gets triggered, our bodies do not know whether it's, you know, somebody's just unhappy with us or we are indeed being chased by a lion. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Our, because yeah, we haven't, we haven't evolved that. I mean, Yes, in some ways, as a as a species, we've evolved, but individually, we haven't. Which is kind of again yeah. that weird that weird dynamic that that you know people don't understand that yeah we're still be we're still being ruled by our lizard brains. So this is happily ever after is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with dating expert and author Joshua Sigafus about how to hold on to yourself when you commit to a relationship. And if you struggle with this, please understand you're not alone, but you can do something about it. Holding on to yourself does not mean you can't be a good partner. In fact, it's actually essential if you want your relationship to last. And please note, it is not selfish because you cannot give up yourself even if you want to. And if you're interested in getting some help with that, I invite you to get in touch with me and schedule your free, no obligation, five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by phone at area code 919 
9240463. Again, that's 919-9240463. Or you can send me an email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. Um, that's <clears throat> so let me get back to this conversation. And so Josh, you know, this Joshua, this is one of those things where you know we're I think everybody from a very early age is trying to figure out who they are, how they want to show up in the world. I mean, you ask little kids, you know, they want to be astronauts or ballerinas or firemen or, you know, <laughs> um, and if and if they're and, and I remember, I think it was John Lennon who told this teacher that his goal was to be happy. And, he, and she was telling him that he, he, she, he misunderstood the question. It's like, no, I don't think he did. But. Um, you know, so how does somebody go about finding their self-identity? So that's a that's a very good question. And to be honest, for some people, it's it it's a years long <laughs> pursuit. For me, it took me years and years to even start to to get into that, which is partly why I do what I do because you know maybe I can help some people to shave some time off of that <laughs> mm -hmm. through my own experience. Okay. So, but you know, so here's the thing: each one of us is very unique. Mm -hmm. And there's, I haven't yet met a human who doesn't have an incredible unique potential that every single person has an incredibly unique makeup that makes them one in a truly one in a billion, right? Like mm -hmm. even, even more than that. So there's no two that are like, and so we all have unique personality types. We all have unique talents. We all have things that we're naturally good at. We all have different proclivities for different things. And so uh, we also have ranges of experiences and nature and nurture that makes us unique. So, you know, there's a, there's a process of trying to figure out who you are from the inside out. And mm -hmm. that involves exploration and discovery and, and trying things out. Right. Mm -hmm. And these, these are pretty, these aren't new ideas. There's a lot of really good people who talk about this. And, and so for me, you know, listening to those people helped me figure that, that out in my life. Right. So, but the thing about identity and, you know, trying to figure out who you are in coming out of feeling lost is that, you know, you want to be authentic. You want to be you. Because if you try to live a fake persona or you try to just be what people want you to be, or you try to just have labels that you think you should have, this is not going to work for you. It's going to feel empty and it's, mm -hmm. it's going to feel soulless probably after a while. Right. Um, and so, so finding out what you really want, who you really are, what you're interested in is very important. And then, and that takes some experimentation. You may have to be like, you know, I kind of, I feel like maybe I want to be a piano player. So you may have to try it. Maybe mm -hmm. you're like, you know, I figured out this wasn't for me. Like for, I tried photography. I, I did this photography thing when I was younger mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, it was kind of fun, but I realized I just didn't really have a talent for it. Now, uh -huh. could I have developed it? Of course. However, in trying it out, I realized, you know, I prefer writing to this. Uh -huh. I want to be a writer. Right. So it's like, that was just a, one more clue to who I was becoming, who I was going to be in the future. Right. And um, at that moment, who was I? I was Josh. Um, uh -huh. a writer who kind of liked photography, but it was, I wasn't going to take it as seriously because it wasn't quite as close to my heart as, as the writing. Right. And so that gives me a clue about my journey, but you have to try things out to know that. Right. Uh -huh. And then, so, so that's part of it. But then another part of it is also thinking about who you want to be. And that's where more like standards and values and philosophy comes in. Because like, for example, I wanted to be the kind of person who was going to uh, help 
other people have better lives, right? Uh-huh. So there's a value system built in there, right? And so you know you can see how all these things they just kind of start to merge together, but it's an intentional process. If we don't be, if we don't get intentional about trying different things, and then um, also taking into account who we want to be and kind of merging those things together to find. Um, and, and I don't even like the term find your identity. <laughs> right. I, I prefer the term create your identity, mm. to be honest. I, I really believe that that's how it happens because, because it's inside of you. However, um, it could manifest itself in a number of ways, depending on what you want for yourself and what you try. You know, there's a, there's a high percentage of people who are born to professional musicians who become professional musicians. Uh-huh. It's like, well, why? Well, for there's it's 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 pretty self evident that they probably had a lot of training and a lot of opportunity in that area and it's like well is that mean that they're being someone fake and they're just doing it because their parents did it no not at all maybe it is real for them because that was their life right uh-huh. um but maybe it wouldn't have been had they been born to a nascar driver or you know a farmer right uh-huh. so you know and that's okay um we're very we're very adaptable us humans are very adaptable. Well, I love, I love that concept because yeah, it, it's, you know, I, back in the day when I was you know, studying psychology and all this other stuff, and it's like, is it nature or nurture? And it's like, the answer to that question is yes, because uh-huh. yeah. you, you have, you have your genetic component. So if you're born into a family, you know, like you said, a, a, of professional musicians, you probably have some genetic predisposition to that, then you're exposed to it and you meet the, and you meet the people, but I'm, you know, but, but there are, you know, but there are, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the professional football player, you know, the Manning family, the, I didn't realize there was another brother (laughs) (laughs) you know, because, because, you know, the father and two of the brothers were professional quarterbacks. And here's this Mm -hmm. other brother that I have no idea whether he's athletic or whatever, but he's not part of that. So it, it doesn't mean you're locked into it. It just means, oh, you have these, you have, you're exposed to these things and you get to choose. And I think that that may be one of the things that people don't recognize, which I think is so critically important, is that if I try something and I don't like it, I don't have to stay doing it. <laughs> yeah, just- yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or, or I could say, you know, nobody I know has done this, but it seems interesting to me. So let me go try it. And, and I may love it, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. You know, but you know, I love is this, this intentionality. So once somebody, I mean, I, I, it, I'm assuming better, better be careful to do that, but I'm, I'm guessing that, that, you know, that self, that self-identity, this, this process is ongoing. Um, because we keep, because, because we keep waking up in the morning. Absolutely. I believe so. And, 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 and that's a really good thing because we keep getting better. Hopefully, you know, I have a, I have a, a kind of a mantra in my coaching and all throughout my content where I say, um, you know, there's a number of things I say we should all strive to be doing as, as it pertains to the alpha mentality. And, and one of those things is level up mind, body, spirit, to become 1% better every day than we were yesterday. Right. Uh And so, and that's, that's very important for so many reasons. Um, Partly because if we don't improve ourselves, we're going to stagnate and then Uh we're going to deteriorate, which is going to hurt our relationships and our career and our fitness and everything. Right. Uh But uh, 
But when it comes to like, so coming out of feeling lost, trying to find your identity, right? Um, it's going to be a process of figuring out who you are and then taking action to move in that direction, creating this identity for yourself, being brave enough to do it yeah. and brave enough to be honest with yourself about what you want. Um, determining a purpose for yourself is another incredibly important part of that. I believe that we haven't talked about yet, but um, we are an ongoing, an ongoing project and we should be. Um, and hopefully that never stops. I, I believe that. I, I know that if I would have stopped at any point, um, you know, I would have not become the person I am today, which the person I am today is infinitely better than any other version of me has been. But at you know, also, you know, taking into account that I've gone through many growing pains and uh -huh. I've been lost several times in my own life. You know, we all and uh -huh. and it's. Another thing is that's going to happen several right. times. Right? You're, most people get feel lost when they're a teenager going through adolescence. Oh, is very oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, your first heartbreak, you're going to probably mm. feel very lost. Mm. You're probably going to have to cope with the existential things at some point, you know, religion and those things you can tend to feel lost. If you have a, you know, when you come to terms with what you believe, you know, asking those big questions, but, but in relationships, there's invariably going to be times in, even in the best of relationships. In fact, even if relationship is amazing, you're going to get to a point where you feel lost in it because it's so long running and you're going to change a little bit, you know? Right. And, and I love that because, you know, and I think that's where people get, oh, well, you know, we're married, period, end of sentence. You know, we went through the marriage ceremony. <laughs> now we could go focus on other things. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> because, that's, yeah. you, because that's a living entity as well. All relationships are living entities because we are, you know, and, and, you know, I've, I've, I've said this before on the show, my husband and I've been together for, gosh, it's, it's almost 37 years. And you'd think we would know everything there was to know about the other person. And sometimes we just look at each other like, who are you? Because we're not that, I mean, yes, in some ways we're the same people at, as we 37 years ago, but so much has happened in that time period. We're not the same people. And this idea yeah. that your relationship is going to stay stagnant or unchanged, man, that's a better word, it's not going to change. I think that's kind of does set up people to, to get lost, doesn't it? Absolutely. And so you, in, re, good relationships require investment over time. Mm -hmm. They absolutely require investment on a daily basis, especially if they're an intimate relationship. The more intimate they are, then the more investment they're going to require to maintain and keep them healthy, right? But um, uh, but so when it comes to, you, you said something that made me, you said something that really made me think, and now I can't quite remember exactly what it was. I had a thought that, that, <laughs> that flew away from me, but um, you're not going to be the same people and expecting your relationship to stay the exact same is, is not going to be accurate. Oh, and I remember what it was now. Um, so that was one of the problems with, with my marriage, right? I had a failed marriage. I was married for 10 years and then it ended in divorce. And part of it was because I stopped investing. I okay. thought, oh, I'm married now. It, that was achievement time to do other things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that was, that was my part of my false belief system that I was working with, you know? And so uh, it's absolutely true that if we don't keep investing in it, it's going to be a bad thing. And 
also it's worth it to invest in it because relationships are very valuable. We're social Mm -hmm. creatures and we can't underscore the importance of quality relationships, especially with our intimate partner. I often say that the state of your relationship life is going to determine to a great degree, the success of all the other areas of your life. It's a foundational, it's a foundational part of your life. So it's very important. It's super important. And, you know, and it's also important to recognize that you, and you said this before, that you, you can't not be yourself. I mean, people try it all the time. I mean, we we do, but this is, you know, because, you know, this is, you know, this is what a good husband or a good wife or a good employee or a good boss or however we want to say that, you know, acts, but if that doesn't fit with you and you try to, it's like, to, to me, it's like wearing shoes that don't fit. <laughs> After a while, they get really yeah. uncomfortable and you eventually kick them off because it's like, this hurts. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and, and I think that, that this whole holding on to who you are and, and having it be okay that even your most intimate partner isn't going to love everything about you all the time. Yeah. And yeah. that's not a failure. That's just reality. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that comes back to that. I was saying living in that validational deficit. It's important that we self-validate, right? So if I'm in a relationship, it's in my best interest and in the best interest of my partner for me to be okay with myself, to love myself, to have confidence, to be investing in myself, right? So that I'm a a fully validated, whole, um, well person. And then Mm -hmm. I can hold up my part of that relationship, right? If, if we get to the point where, you know, we're going to um, collapse under the weight of it, if the other person, if, you know, doesn't like us for a day, or if they're mad at us, or if, you know, we have some kind of conflict, you know, if we're so reliant on the other person for that happiness that, you know, we can't get through those things, that's not a good recipe for success either, right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, because no one person can give us everything, right? And we have to yeah. take, oh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's one of the things that people struggle with, you know, it's like, sorry, I'll go back to the Jerry Maguire movie, You Complete Me. It's like, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Because we actually need to be, you know, as, as best we can, complete, satisfied with ourselves, bringing our best selves to the moment, you know, and, and my best yeah. self right now may not be my best tomorrow or what it was last week, but in the moment I'm trying to be my best, whatever, whatever, yeah. however I define that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and be okay with, you know, I am going to make mistakes. I, you, somebody isn't going to like what I do and, and, and am I open to hearing that, but also be okay to say, you know what, I'm actually okay with what I did. I get, you don't like it. <laughs> I've had this conversation with my husband in the past. I understand you'd rather me be doing something different, but I'm actually okay with this, like not mowing the lawn, you know, and, 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 you know, we're okay with that because we're both relatively healthy people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm hearing is that this process is about, you know, proactive health, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, right? Am I getting that right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, those are cornerstones of it, right? Uh, there's there's other things too, but those are the cornerstones. And you know, another thing about about um, being yourself, you know, and you know, being authentic is a huge part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, and like you said, it's like wearing a shoe that doesn't fit. 
it's at, that's absolutely true. You know, and that plays into attraction too, and how your partner, yeah, how, how they're attracted to you. Because, you know, if I, if I'm dating a woman and, you know, she's always trying to be perfect and I know it's not authentic, like you can see it from mm-hmm. a mile away and it's not very exciting. It's like, what's, like, what's going on? This is weird. Um, <laughs> whereas like, you know, I would so much rather have an imperfect person who is authentic and then okay with themselves. And sometimes it, it, it even means being willing to say, you know what, I feel a little bit lost right now. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, even if, if, if someone feels so lost that they have to verbalize it in such a, a blunt way, that's so much more exciting. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's because we have instincts to pick up on authenticity because we know that lying is dangerous and, mm-hmm. and, and predators lie. But friendly, friendly people don't. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't want to let a predator into our camp. We want to let only friendly people into our camp because it's a survival instinct. Right. So and that's very real. And that plays out even in the most small exchanges. You know, when you're getting a sandwich for lunch, it, it matters just as much. <laughs> I love that. So, Joshua, thank you so much for sharing all of this and, and for really touching on. And, and I love the alpha beta difference that you talk about. So where can people learn more about you, your writings, this, this concept of, of growing in self-identity and, you know, finding yourself where, where can people find you? So I have a website, joshuasegafis.com. I also have a podcast, the Joshua Segafis podcast, and I have a YouTube channel as well. And then I have a bunch of social media. Um, but yeah, the best place is to go to my website and you can find links to everything there. I have a blog there too. You know, you can read the blog. Great. And so just to let you guys know, that's, that's Segafis, S-I-G-A-F-U-S. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, so go there, find out because he's a font of information, people, trust me. And so- what I want you to take away that, and we've talked about this, that even the best actors of our time don't stay in character forever. Trying to be somebody you're not is really not possible over the long term. And the goal is to be your best self, not what someone else wants you to be. And it's not an act of love to ask you to be somebody else or for you to try to meet this unreasonable goal. Loving yourself Accepting yourself is crucial to be successful at your marriage. And so hopefully one of the things that you will continue to do to be successful at your marriage is to continue to listen to the show. And so until next week, stay loving.